Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and guests. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 81. You're with myself, Paul Spain. Shane O'Connell. And Sam Hogg. Welcome along, guys. Uh, great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, Shane, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you fit into the technology world. Sure. Um, so I'm a second-year computer science student at the University of Auckland. Um, I'm also doing a bit of Google Ambassador work. Um, yeah, but tonight I'm, I'm here with my sort of um, student hat on and, and just have a few yarns with uh, Paul and, and Sam. Um, yeah, so that's me too. Yeah, I'm also a computer science student. I also study business at the University of Auckland. And yeah, my other hat, I'm a bit of a web developer, have a few side projects going on. And Now, one of, you, one of the projects you guys are working on um, that we'll chat about later is, uh, is Game of Codes, right? That's the one. Excellent. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely come to that during, during the podcast. So, um, Great. Uh, sure. But for now, a few other little, uh, little topics to, uh, to jump into. First up, Two Degrees just announced today they've hit, uh, hit a million subscribers. Yeah. That's some that's a pretty good numbers, isn't it? After, uh, after, you know, it's been about uh, three years that they've been in the, in the market here. They were sort of the little underdog that I think, you know, a lot of people wondered, you know, are they going to really be able to pick up a... Um, um, you know, a good subscriber base considering how strong, uh, you know, telecom and, and Vodafone were in the market. Yeah. Um, they've done a pretty good job at sort of jumping into that duopoly and, and um, making a, a good dent. Like, just it's the, the simple innovations that, they've, that they do that just sort of has helped them get there. Yeah, and it's been a lot about the marketing as well, I find. Mm. Um, the, the billboards have been around Auckland at the moment. <laughs> we didn't break up a duopoly, you did. And it's, it's things like that, and they really connect with their customer base, I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, another yeah, the really cool thing they do is around sort of their customer base, offering free minutes on, the, on their page when you answer another customer's question. So it's oh, really? Of, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's something that's just fantastic. Like. That, that's really cool. So, yeah. I mean, what have you seen in terms of within, uh, within you know, the, the student community? How much following uh, does Two Degrees have in that um, in that space, for instance? It's um, a good question. I, I changed to Two Degrees um, as, as a student um, purely because the prices were more appealing and, and the fact that you can pay monthly without locking yourself into a contract and everything like that, that, that sort of just you know resonated with me and I just went for it. Um, yeah, it's quite interesting with the number portability. You don't really notice that they have Two Degrees numbers, but um, quite a few of my mates do and they, they've kept their O two one and whatnot and keep going yeah and do, i mean how fickle do do you think um you know certainly amongst your um friends and, and colleagues and so on that you would uh you know you would find that people are now is there is there a lot of um you know uh loyalty now to um um you know to mobile brands or are people just moving around whenever there's a good a good deal is it is it becoming that price sensitive i think everyone's pretty yeah price sensitive is is, is way to describe it like you're going to jump ship if you mm. see a good deal and it's they've made it easy to and i think that's a good thing yeah so, uh, certain things that i've seen that have stopped people from making the jump are things like when you tie your mobile plan with vodafone to your home broadband um package like you get a small discount of say ten dollars depending on which which zone you're in it dictates it um but that has stopped a few friends in my close circles from changing over to two degrees yeah. Right, so benefits for Vodafone having, uh, you know, a number of years ago gone and bought iHug and, mm -hmm. you know, now 
Uh, obviously, there's a deal going on with Telstra Clear there. So offering those multiple services, as, yeah. as does telecom, that's probably going to be a bit of an inhibitor for uh, for two degrees over time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys think there's any chance that uh, that uh, two degrees will end up merging with, a you know, um, an internet service provider. I mean that, you know, the, or or will they just stay as a as an independent mobile provider? I'm not sure what direction they're going to take. Um, I I think they'll find they're better off chasing the mobile mm-hmm. sector and making it big there before they even think about going fixed line. Yeah, with um, their small initiatives, doing things like um, spreading your data plans over across multiple devices and, and and stuff like that. It's sort of you can they're sort of sticking to the mobile at the moment, definitely, but. Not an acquisition sure. target, do you think, sort of internationally? I mean, there, there you know, um, there aren't a lot of independent mobile carriers that only exist in, in say, one market. Yeah, it's definitely um, something that could be appealing, especially with their demographic and what what they're about, their brand image. Mm. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, we'll, we'll be watching this space, um, but... It is. A, I think it's a pretty impressive achievement. The um, you know the numbers that they've got, and and I think yeah, it is a reflection that uh, that that people are reasonably comfortable to make that move uh, here in New Zealand. Um, mm. That's it's yeah, it's it's some it's some impressive numbers. But they they have innovated in a number of areas. And one of the areas we were talking about a few weeks ago is this uh, ability to share data across mobile uh, mobile devices, and that's something that's reasonably unusual. There aren't um, you know many other companies in the world that are doing. You know that are doing that, and um, yeah, you mentioned about getting you know free minutes for an- answering uh, pe- right. people's questions yeah. um, and, online and, and carryover minutes as well. Something that no other, well, Vodafone and Telecom don't offer, as far as I know. Is uh, that a big deal though? Does is that is that of a lot of interest? Do you, I mean, you kind of need the minutes that you need this month, and um, I don't know. Is that a real big benefit? Um, I wouldn't say it's huge. Um, a couple of months ago, I was 20 minutes shy of using my balance and it rolled over. So, I mean, it would yeah. benefit in that sense. I yeah. think it's the perception of the value. Um, and that's, especially in well, for students, it's a huge thing. Like if you think you're getting this value from a product, then you then, then you feel good about it. It's annoying to, to, I guess, pay for something and then not use it. Not, not be able to use it, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. No, that's, um, that's good. Uh, now, another... I guess yeah. Locally related news has been uh, has been Pacific Fiber. Now Pacific Fiber, of course, being uh, the 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 company that had uh, uh, Sam Morgan of of Trade Me uh, fame. Um, the, I mean, there were a whole I guess bunch of in- investors behind it. Uh, uh, Rod, Rod Drury of of Zero. Uh, I think uh, Stephen S- Tindall. S- and uh, and you know even um, uh, you know some some international um, funding there, some big names, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what do you, what do you think of this? Now, this was going to be the you know the fiber optic cable that was uh, um, you know going to make internet better for uh, you know for for New Zealanders, and they told us we had um, um, their uh, the the CEO. Um, of Pacific Fibre on the on the show a few months ago, you know, he said, "Look, we we're going to be announcing, uh, uh, sure, I think it was uh, in the July timeframe uh, that they'd closed all their funding off, and of course that didn't actually happen." Um, this is this is, um, I guess, uh, interesting for all of us to know that even these big guys with lots of money 
can can throw their money at something that doesn't uh, doesn't work. But what's going to be the impact of it? Is, does this concern uh, concern you? Well, obviously, at a macro level, there's the price of broadband in New Zealand, which is quite high and rel- relative to I think I saw five times the price in Australia, um, and that's. While we're used to the high price of broadband in New Zealand, we shouldn't have to be, really. It's, um, if we had competition with that Southern Cross cable, we, we, they'd be able to bring it down. But obviously, they've failed in their quest to do so at this point in time, unfortunately. So the, the business side of it doesn't, doesn't quite add up yeah, by I the sounds of it. The mm. business case doesn't, isn't quite there. So, do, I mean, do, how many cables do we need running into New Zealand? Well, that's the question, that's isn't it? Question, yeah. Because Southern Cross have got um, they've got their re- redundancy because they've yep, got, they've got um, the you know running into you know um, both east and, and west coast cable. Uh, they've got that level of of redundancy, and I you know I don't think they've had a, any sort of major outage for um, you know for for some time. Although you know there's always a possibility of um, you know of of an outage. Yeah. Yep. Um, are you worried about that? I think it's more the competition side of mm. things rather rather than the redundancy. Um, they've got some pretty good redundancy built in, so yes, it's about that. Price. Because we're, what we've been told is that the prices offered here in New Zealand to New Zealand internet providers are uh, exactly the same as the rates offered to Australian internet service providers. Uh, the the difference, uh, the, I guess the, the the key thing is it's a it's a tiered pricing model. Yeah. Uh, so internet service providers need to um, need to work together to buy um, to buy in bulk to get those economies um, of scale. Sort yeah. Of yeah. Yep. And so you've got a number um, you know of ways that uh, you know providers can obviously buy um, buy that. And you know one of the things that, that that we've talked about over the last few months has been some you know, some reasonably dramatic increases in data caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems as though every year we're sort of seeing, a, you know, maybe a doubling in terms mm-hmm. of uh, um, the data caps offered. Mm-hmm. So if that keeps happening, uh, do, we ha- do we really have that concern around, um, you know, do, uh, around, around the pricing, I guess? Well, I guess once, once the caps start getting bigger and bigger, it's the consumption that's going to be the issue and the bandwidth for the pipe. Um, that's more of an issue than the price, as you as you're alluding to. Yeah. And we hear, I mean, we've also been told that for the you know for the immediate years, there's plenty of actually room to yeah. There's plenty of room yeah. to go because they can uh, you know they can change the tech you know various pieces of technology without replacing the fiber optic cable. So, and in, in theory, there's still you know plenty of room for capacity for New Zealand for the next few years. Um, I guess there, I mean. There is a lifespan on these things, um, you know, supposedly in the direction of sort of 20 years or so. Uh, but, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm still of the opinion it would be good if we had another link in. Yeah. Uh, and there's been, uh, there, there's been talk, you know, various companies around a link from New Zealand to Australia, and that would, that would probably be enough to, you know, to, I guess... In the medium um, term sort of thing. Yeah, to reduce yeah. some of the, the, the risks uh, around uh, bandwidth, around pricing, yeah. and also around redundancy if we had another connection coming into New Zealand. Uh, but even that is, you know, potentially in the direction of, um, you know, 200 million. Exactly, it's yeah. a lot of money for... Big bucks, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep watching that space and... Uh, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, f- uh, frustrating in many ways that this one wasn't pulled off, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's got to pay for itself, doesn't exactly, it? And, right. and if, it was, if it was really, if it really made a huge amount of sense, then um, we, you know... You, we wouldn't have had that news, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so.
Uh, now, um, looking at ultra-fast broadband uh, in, into homes and, and businesses and schools and so on, again, fibre-optic cables, um, obviously that ties in quite quite closely with the international connections, but... Um, um, there've been there've been some delays, I guess, with uh, some of the biggest internet providers jumping on board. Uh, we've just had the announcement, though, from uh, or the comments from uh, from Telecom New Zealand this week that they're going to launch ultra fast broadband plans uh, early next year. Does that does that make sense for uh, you know for our biggest telco to uh, to sit back and uh, you know it looks as though they're sitting on their hands. Is that going to lose them some market share because they're not perceived as being, uh, you know, switched on and, and delivering the latest services? It's hard. It's hard to say. That I mean, telecom have a pretty decent backing as it is, right? So I mean, as soon as they start making the actual change and, and switching over, I reckon people were, are going to follow. Like that are already using their services. Like um, I'd just like to see some some data cap. Um, information. information released. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the pricing's a big thing as well. Um, I think it's the people who are going to um, take UFB to start with are going to be those early adopters and not necessarily telecoms customers. Um, I'm picking. Mm. So mm. that's good. But there are a lot. I mean, at the moment, telecom has um, you know towards fifty percent of uh, you know of, of home connections. Uh, you know, I would imagine some of they're going to lose. They're going to lose some of that that business. It's uh, I mean, they're waiting until there's five percent um, uh, penetration into the market in terms of availability of um, of ultra fast broadband or, or you know fiber into uh, homes and 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 businesses. So uh, yeah, probably only a small percentage of those initially will will move until yeah. uh, until the likes of telecom get behind it and really promote it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm picking that we're going to see uh, you know some of the others start getting behind this a little a little bit more ahead of that. Uh, that time into you know just at least uh, get a little bit of mind share yeah and some more aggressive marketing towards the actual product that's yeah although it's quite hard to market something that is so new and has only reached a small percentage of customers right i mean this is something that 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 uh you know is a um gradual rollout yeah it's 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 2020 that it's got to be all uh, 2019 that's all going to be done so there is a long time before it before it's all finished so I can sort of see both sides of that. Um, now, for me, I've I've been on uh, Vodafone New Zealand uh, for a, for a while. Um, you know, we talked earlier about that that discount for having Vodafone. If you've that's got right. a Vodafone mobile, I've yep. got a you know thirty dollar a month discount. Yeah, so no that's um, you know that that's pretty um, pretty tempting. Definitely locks you down, doesn't it? Like, yeah, 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 it makes makes a big difference. So um, so I've asked them to put me on their trial, and uh, in fact, we were just looking before at the um, the Cisco uh, router, router that they're they're giving out. I don't think there's been any any announcements made about this. Um, but they also haven't told me that I can't talk about it. So, um, so you can, right? So, so we can. So, um, so it looks <laughs> like what uh, Vodafone are giving out for their trial is a Cisco, um, I think it's SRP five two one W, which is quite a nice, it's a nice uh, little box. Yeah, little like little router really. with um, with voice support on it. Uh, it's just ten one hundred um, megabits um, speed. Um, so. Um, that should be fine, and the trialists, uh, from what I can tell at the moment, uh, from talking to their call centre, are going to be put on a um, uh, hundred megabits uh, download speed and fifty megabits upload speed, which is uh, is quite nice. Yeah, nice, uh, comfortable. It's quite a substantial range. upgrade yeah. from what you got now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, 
and in terms of the um, the 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 data plans, we don't we don't really know what they're going to launch into the market. Um, but the impression that I'm getting is that they they are going to launch uh, some sort of offering into the market uh, in this half of the year and 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 ahead of telecom. So they're going to get a bit of mind share there. Uh, and I've come across a 120 megabit, uh, sorry, 120 um, gigabyte, g- gigabyte um, data cap offering, and uh, also a, uh, a 200 gigabyte um, data cap offering from them. So those may just be aimed at those that are that are on the trial, so that you can you can watch lots of video yep. and and, yep. and so on. Uh, but I thought that was quite positive anyway to see some good good numbers some coming gigabytes, out of. Yeah. Um, out of Vodafone, and nice and solid caps. Yeah, definitely. yeah, and they bumped up some of their other caps recently as as well. They seem to do that a bit more regularly than the other ones, but maybe in in smaller increments. But um, um, you know, most of their caps are are, are becoming fairly reasonable. So mm. uh, yeah. Um, now, just I'm just I'm just thinking actually about um, telecom. They they made some you know they've made a bit of noise lately about. Um, you know, 4G mobile networks. Yeah, that's right. I remember hearing that. And of course, at the moment, no one's actually got the spectrum to be able to. Uh, no one, none of the none of the uh, mobile carriers own the spectrum yet to be able to offer a, a, a full 4G service. Uh, you know, it seems like they're jumping out there and 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 trying to show off that they're uh, that they're right ahead uh, in terms of technology. And then on the flip side, they're saying, oh, ultra fast broadband. Um, will be last or one of the last ones to come to the market. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They've picked one of those things to um, you know to show off on and uh, uh, gone the other way on the it? other side. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I wonder how people perceive that. Interesting. Uh, now the the um, the other one around ultra fast broadband actually this week has um, has been uh, Snap, who is a internet provider out of. Uh, out of Christchurch, aren't they? Yep. Um, you guys have had a little bit of a look at those uh, those plans from Snap. What did you uh, What did you think? Yeah, they've got um, quite a few options here, don't they? They've got the sort of ADSL, VDSL, um, UFB slash fiber ultrafast broadband, um, and the ultrafast broad broadband comes with a couple different plans, I believe. Um, speeds of 100 megabits down and 50 megabits up if you're on the 110 dollar per month plan. Um, on the flip side, there's the $75 plan, which gives you 30 megabits down and, and 10, 10 up. That's quite a significant difference, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, probably your your average consumer is going to be pretty happy with the 30 megabits um, down and, and, yeah. and 10 megabits up. But, you know, I think amongst the, the you know, tech enthusiasts and uh, environments where there's a number of sort of heavy users sharing a network mm. that... Uh, you know, 100 megabits uh, download and 50 megabits upload is yeah. going to be really, really tempting. Uh, the, you know, the cap, the 50 gigabyte cap on that 110 per month is on the sh- on the sort of shy side, don't you think? I would. It is, but I think they have some pretty good, got some nice um, you know, prices oh, okay. for for overage. So okay. you know, uh, th- I guess that's been one of uh, you know one of the things in the early days that frustrated me about uh, Vodafone as an internet provider. Uh, they would have a data cap. You could double it, but then once you once you hit that double, uh, hit, you. you you were completely stuck. You could mm. you you your speeds dropped down. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh it's it's good to see more offerings coming into the market. Um. I was alerted by um Crown Fiber today that uh, they have 
there are 13 um, what they're calling RSPs or retail service providers now in the market offering ultra fast broadband plans. Uh, so obviously we've got the more more well known ones like Orcon and uh, Snap. There's uh, WorldNet. Uh, and then there are other uh, regional ones like Uber Group and, and Whangarei and others around the country. So um, it's good to see that we're, we're seeing more and more uh, sign up, even if yeah. we don't have, um, you know, Telecom and, uh, uh, and Telstra and so on just yet. Uh, you know, we're, there are going to be more uh, more offerings that are going to keep coming into the market, I guess, mm. before uh, before they launch. Yeah, so they're playing a bit of the wait and see game. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those that are interested, we have got a page up on the um, nztechpodcast.com site uh, that has some of those offerings, and we w- we will be uh, working to expand that uh, that section in the future with some some more of those um, those offerings. Uh, and there's links there if you want to check in and see uh, whether you, you'll be able to get um, ultra-fast broadband in, in your area. And uh, it seems to be growing um, you know, at a reasonable pace around, around the country now. I know you know, the large majority of people aren't, aren't going to see it you know, for, for a year or two, but um, there will be, there will be a, you know, a substantial group of, of listeners that will uh, um, already have it or be able to get it over the next um, 12 to 24 months. So um, that's, that's, that's good good news so uh now the nexus q this is an interesting one isn't it it's a nice piece of design isn't it a nice uh, nice product from google in terms of the yeah the the physical product the right hard, the hardware is cool it yeah. looks cool yeah. now we chatted about this on the on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago after after it uh, you know got announced and I guess I had to say, out of the um, out of the new product releases this year, this is um, this is probably one of the ones we've been the harshest about in terms of our uh, our comments. And uh, it it seems like uh, we're in reasonably good com- company because uh, um, you know Google themselves had have said they're they're basically postponing uh, postponing the launch uh, indefinitely at this stage. I think. Yeah, they're pulling it for now. So it's um, the nice thing is for those that have actually ordered the Nexus Q, and um, I mean, how would you how would you describe the um, the Nexus Q, Shane? The Nexus Q, um, basically, it's a sort of Apple TV like device. Um, so you can do your sort of media um, streaming services through it. You've got an HDMI port on the on the back, and um, there is no sort of like overall actual like buttons and anything on the device isn't it it's sort of like uh like a twist control um on, on the front um i really do like the look of it yeah um, it looks cool it you lo- had to it control great. it through an android yeah, device you, didn't right, you so well it didn't actually that. have yeah. a remote control yeah. or ability to um you know to control it through yeah. other smartphones which was interesting but um you know some some uh yeah audio and video playback yeah. capabilities That's but right. um Three times the price of the Apple TV, for yeah. instance. It seemed a bit of a weird call to make it. That yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this is unusual in that it's built in the US. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of debate around, uh, you know, where products are made and 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 uh, you know and and so on over the last uh, last twelve months or so, and and some of the issues in some of the Chinese factories. So, you know, interesting that they would come out with this really, um, uh, yeah, I guess really nicely designed well-built uh, device um, that partly probably because of the manufacturing uh, costs just ended up at a really high price mm. point. Um, 
But yeah, I'm I'm picking that they didn't get very many orders. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they've said for anyone that did order them, look, we're going to give you your money back, but we'll also send you we'll send you the Nexus Q the as well. Unit, so, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it sounds like they're going to work on building up that feature set. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, hopefully it'll come back to market in another sort of six months or so with with a with a bunch more features Bit because it's uh, you know it's a good thing that we keep getting uh, getting competition in this. Um, in this area one of the other unique things about it was it's actually got an amplifier built in yeah, yeah um, so you could you know you can run speakers and so on off it yep. although it doesn't have um again doesn't have any speaker um um you know built built into it so yeah an interesting um an interesting product but um another one that's um going to be put on the, the back uh, burner for now yeah yeah um now <sighs> There was a little bit of a hacking uh, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. that sounds an interesting one. Eh? A, a pretty dramatic one, I think, in the... Um, it's ruthless, uh, ruthless, right? Like, in in the scheme of things, yeah. right? So, um, um, Sam, you, you sort of read through a lot of the um, a lot of the era. There's actually a, a lot of the material on this. There was a, a great article on, uh, on TechCrunch about it. Yeah. Uh, oh, Wired, wasn't Wired, it? Wired, yeah. Wired. That's the one. Um, it's a thrilling story, it was... Yeah, so I mean, this this is well worth the read, and we might uh, we might put a link up on the site afterwards. Um, but yeah, do you want to you want to run us through what um, what happened? So basically, um, this guy in the US is a Juno, right? Um, he had his whole digital life wiped out. Um, so the hackers got into his email, wasn't it? Through um, through his Gmail re- restoration process, yep, or something like that. And they managed to get into his Apple iCloud's accounts um, and then restore his, well, wipe his iPad, iPhone, and MacBook Pro. So basically, lo- he lost everything, he lost didn't everything. he? And the interesting thing was, he said he hadn't, he hadn't backed up um, his, his, his MacBook, uh, so he'd lost all sorts of family photos and other content. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, this was this was pretty dramatic, right? He went to his phone and he had problems. Yeah. So he couldn't turn it on. Went to his iPad, yeah. oh, problems there. Went to his MacBook to try and recover it, and started, that was gone as well. Started asking him for a four-digit PIN or something like that that he's never even like yeah yeah had you know. And input, the interesting so. thing, he was completely blaming himself because he didn't yeah. back anything up and. He had all his accounts he's, linked. He's taking all the blame for it in his own sort of mind, isn't he? Like, yeah. So he, he knew what he needed to do, and he yeah, hadn't done he it. Hadn't so done there are a couple. It. I guess a few lessons here, right? Definitely. Um, you know, one of them was with his Google account, for instance, or his Gmail account, is that you can put two-factor authentication yeah. on, yep. so it makes it harder, uh, you know, for people to be able yeah. to, um, you know, hack, get into your account. Needing right? to have the sort of physical device on you when you're logging into your Gmail account with the, you can. Um, yeah, you Link have like back a to your phone Google Authenticator app on, on iOS and, and it just basically ge- uh, constantly generates a password and mm. um, it just stops anything like that from happening. Yeah, there's an interesting social engineering aspect to this as well, right? Because um, all Apple needed for him to, um, for the hacker to reset his password to his um, iCloud account was the um, last four digits of his credit card number. <laughs> so the, the hacker had So some how did the hacker get hold of that? So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, the hacker found a way into um, Amazon's um, customer service they were that, and um, added another credit card onto his account. Subsequently, he said they've lost their account details. Here's my credit card number. Got into the account and got the last four numbers, which is all Amazon, show, Amazon shows you about your last credit card they number. Consider mm. them unimportant, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Went, went back to Apple. Here's my last four digits of my credit card number. Here's my billing address from my domain name. Oh, I get a reset password. 
Yeah, where you go. Where you go. Yeah. Too yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely some, lesson, some lessons here, uh, you know, uh, around securing things. Uh, I guess a really good reminder for everyone to, you know, make sure you back up your data in, in as many ways as possible. Yeah. Uh, because, in the, you know, in this case, if the data was backed up to iCloud, well, uh, you know, maybe too bad. We'll, we'll see how Apple go with getting that back. Uh, you know, I, I imagine that he's, you know, he's going to have a bit of luck uh, because this is so high profile and, and it's been covered by everyone yeah, from, yeah. from, you know, the BBC uh, right through. So, you know, it's had it's had a lot of uh, a lot of attention. Well, it's like the saga of Dropbox we had last week with them um, releasing a few passwords or something like that, wasn't it? They've well, there was people, there was some passwords had that had, yeah that had been released uh, elsewhere online, and people were fired those at, at Dropbox and uh, and you know on mass and managed to break into a whole lot of accounts. So I guess, yeah, that's another, um, you know, point is, you know, that, you know, we shouldn't completely trust particularly these consumer-based uh, cloud, cloud services service. that's right. uh, because they don't necessarily have the same levels of protection as business class uh, ones. And, uh, yeah, if something goes wrong, in a lot of cases, there's no way to get hold of anybody on the phone yep. uh, for help. And, uh, you know, in this case, because it was so high profile, uh, yeah, he he's able to get a bit of help. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he said he'd heard from other people that have had similar things happening, and they may well not have been able they to get the no same hope. same attention. Uh, and another one, uh, another thing that happened out of this uh, was his. He had previously been um, um, working for who was he working for? Um, it's jumped out of my Gizmodo. Um, Giz, Gizmodo. So he'd been a reporter for Gizmodo, and his uh, Twitter was linked back to That's their right. one. And again, um, and this is a this is a challenge with a lot of uh, consumer type services as well, Dropbox and um, uh, you know a, a, a range of them, um, SkyDrive and, and and so on. Where you know if you're using these uh, these services uh, and you link other people in. And you don't have it tied back to some sort of a business process to mm -hmm. close the loop afterwards, uh, then you can really be exposing your organisation. And in this case, for Gizmodo, they hadn't closed the loop exactly. when he left the organisation, and so once they hacked in, they were able to then jump across and and uh, take control of Gizmodo's Twitter they account. Um, even after Gizmodo, though, it was the funny thing they, they didn't know about his. that. They were they, just after his. He had they? a he had a three letter Twitter handle, which they were really after. Yeah. <laughs> so and that was they did that all for that. Yeah. So they um yeah, but the hackers um yeah were pretty successful in the yeah, end. Yeah, they right? were. And it's and it's a really uh, it's a wake up a, call. A really interesting lesson. So. Yeah, a few. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's probably a bunch more things that we could uh, we could we could learn off that. But uh, yeah, it is a little bit of a, a bit of a, a wake up around uh, um, you know data protection and 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 how much we we uh, you know can trust the technology. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's important to put the right protections around, and particularly uh, in a in a business type situation, right? Stay yeah. aware of what's out there, I guess. Uh, now, what happened last night? Mars. Mars. What happened on Mars? Shane's been up to date with us. <laughs> You've been following this. You were showing some pretty cool... Uh, yeah, how do we look at some of the photos there? Pictures earlier that we were looking at. So it was the uh, robotic explorer Curiosity landed on Mars last night, is that right? And basically the, the high resolution photos have started coming back in. Um, and it, it's just amazing to see some of the like craters that it's that's landed in. I think it's a um, Gale crater that it's landed in. 
um, and being able to see just sort of that Mount Mount Sharp towering over there with sort of like a bit of sun behind it is just incredible. Like, um, yeah, the landscape photos they get from us is amazing. It's brilliant. Um, Discovery dot com has some really really good photos if um, yep. anyone's interested in having a look at those. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's it's pretty Im- a pretty impressive um, you know tale really about. Uh, uh, you know, and it's not it's not the first um, rover to to hit, to That's land right. land on Mars, but uh, you know the technology here just is mind blowing. It's brilliant. It? It's yeah. so many, you know, s- streets ahead of of uh, you know of what what landed on the moon, yeah. um, and and uh, you know looking at these photos being beamed back over you know millions and millions of uh, of miles and and just the fact that it's actually able to get there in uh, in such a quick time yeah that's yep. right and uh, and it, it's just all gone according to plan it's uh, which is great for NASA i mean they were struggling with their image and this has been a real boost for them i think it's definitely a pickup yeah so how um how far did it actually travel it was um Quite a long way, right, to Mars. Um, okay, I'll, I'm I'm going to look that up because I'm curious. Yeah, um, bit of curiosity going just, on there. Just you know how uh, you know how far they had to get um, to get from from Earth to Mars because it's uh, yeah the whole thing just seems phenomenal. Even uh, um, you know even a distance of a of a million kilometers just sounds um, yeah kind of kind of crazy but um uh what, what have we got here four four hundred and one million kilometers apart mars and earth that's madness that's just that is huge that it is complete but it, it does change so the average distance is 225 million yeah 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 uh, that's um so that's over a million um a million k's yeah a day that um that uh was traveling it was just incredible yeah wow nuts so they're talking about uh in the 2030s is when uh, man's going to make that uh make that trip yeah is it that massive trip that's going to be funded by having like a huge media frenzy around it is that uh, is that the one you're, you're thinking of or? I, I don't know they're just talking about that's when they'll actually take that's people target? And, okay. and uh okay. you know that's when nasa wants to wants to sure. take people to mars Okay. Uh, so the fact that they can get one way like this now, reasonably easy is probably not the right word. It's <laughs> cost them, you know, two or three billion US to do it, uh, and you know there were risks obviously that it didn't happen. But uh, but they've done it. It so. seems pretty impressive that yeah, in our lifetime, that actually um, there's a you know there's a, there's a fair chance that uh, um, yeah people could uh, could get all the way to Mars and. Uh, and hopefully get back, get back. again. <laughs> um, so you know, it's any one-way trips. <laughs> yeah, it's anyways. Get anybody's guess whether this, you know, will actually come to fruition. But how well they've done this one, you know, I, I can imagine that they they should be able to take it that next step. I it mean, certainly they, well. they, you know, they could have taken potentially if they've able to take that rover, they could have actually taken people there on the nine-month um, journey. Mm. Um, they just wouldn't have come home. No, they wouldn't have come home. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's not too many people willing to uh, willing to volunteer for that sort of stuff mm. just yet. Um, not sure why. I wonder why, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They'll end up, end up on uh, Mars for the rest of their days eating um, 
Yeah, I don't know, eating what? Uh, but yeah, def- <laughs> definitely some cool photos coming back. And uh, I think what what we heard is it's going to be uh, going to be a, a week or two worth of various sort of testing before yep. uh, you know before there's a whole lot of action. But um, lots okay. of good content on uh, NASA TV as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah. Want to look up which you can get at through Roku and other devices or just straight through the web. So um, um, yeah, a lot of fun watching watching some of that uh, some of that coverage. Uh, now. Game of Codes. Game of Codes? Now, you guys are representing Game of Codes. <laughs> we so, are indeed. Um, so, right. um, yeah, t- tell, tell us all about uh, Game of Codes, when it's happening, what it is, and and uh, and who, who should go. This is, now, this is happening in Auckland? Yep, it's happening in Auckland. Um, the location is uh, Juice Bar in Parnell. Um, and bas- basically what it is, it, it's on the 16th of August. We get the date put out there nice, nice and early. Next 16th Thursday of August. Night. Next Thursday, next Thursday. Next week. Yep. yep. Um, and essentially what it is, is it's a uh, programming competition unlike any that's actually been seen in, in New Zealand. Um, so it's a programming competition based in a bar, which is bringing both like industry professionals and students together in, in one spot on the night. Um, and it, it's sort of, you know, it is student run, like, you know, the team behind it is, is all students, um, like Sam, Sam's the... Uh, technical lead on he's sort of like uh, organizing all the questions and whatnot i'll let him have a yarn about that in a moment mm. um but you can you can find out all the details about it on www.gameofcodes.co um and there's plenty of information on there um and we hope to see you you all there like um so it, yeah. uh, obviously there's gonna there's gonna be an audience that are that are programmers and coders that are uh that are participating but who else can come along who, who else would it be of interest to it's completely open to anyone who would be interested in that basically yeah um, we're, we're aiming to open it up so yeah. we we want to kind of get rid of this perception of coders just sitting in a dark room yep. type tapping away all day and we want to we want to show how fun it can be how dynamic the environment can can be and how yeah, basically how, just how we, social it can yeah, be. Yeah, we can... We okay. can so it's a sort fun of a too. fun social event that yeah. anyone, anyone who's got a bit of a sort of tech interest yep. can turn up at, even if they're not uh, not a coder or, yep. or, or don't know too much about... Even people uh, without, a, without a tech interest that just have a slight kind of, you know... Tech interest? Uh, well, basically, okay, okay <laughs> no, good, no, good call, good no, call. No, no, I'll leave I'll leave, I'll leave, yeah, I'll leave we, that we one can, go. We're going to have an MC <laughs> who's going to run through it all and yeah, explain it all in, in layman's terms. So so even if you don't know programming, know the concepts, we're going we're gonna to try and give you a bit of a story behind what's going on. At so the it's going to be a good social, social yeah, event, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? That's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excellent, yeah. okay. Oh, that's cool. Well, um, no, I, I uh, appreciate hearing about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully a, a few will get along. Yeah. Um, oh, before now, we, you've before also we... got a code to give out at the end of the show, right, for people that want to sign up? Yep. Sure. Okay, yeah. so we'll come come back to that. Cool. So you're going to give a um, half price tickets? Yep, for, to um, um, any NZ Tech Podcast listener. Awesome, um, yeah. awesome. Okay. That's... Also, another thing, just before we, we jump off that topic, we've got a VIP pass here for you. Oh, that's um, very kind. And a VIP wristband and everything like that. Oh. So Ooh. we hope to see you there. I feel very privileged. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, okay. Well, that gives means I'm uh, I'm booked out next Thursday. That's then. right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, now, in uh, in other news, uh, Microsoft have had. Um, hmm. How do we, how do we describe this? They've, it sounds like they've got themselves into a little bit of trouble with the uh, with the naming uh, that they've been using for some time around uh, Windows Phone. Uh, Windows 8, even the the Xbox with this um, Metro or the Metro design language as it, as it's been referred to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is their their new sort of clean cut uh, styling and um, uh, you know the boxes, the boxes. and the sim- you know nice <laughs> yeah. nice the live uh, the live and tile so on. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it, it seems like they've been uh, they've been stepping on some toes and uh, you know this is the metro name is actually trademarked already and uh, they actually can't use it that's right yeah it's it's interesting right that you thought they would have done some sort of background on it before they started referring to it as metro Yes, well, I mean, often these, these, you know, the tech companies, and you know, right, right across the board, uh, tend to have code names, but in a yeah. lot of cases, they they never get public. And I think, mm. you know, this was, you know, probably started out at some stage as a code name. Yeah. Um, but I think that was quite some time ago because they've been using that name very publicly yep. for, for, you know, for a long time. Uh, you know, they published it yeah. in all sorts of media references to Metro. It was around the sort of when the developer preview release, they started referring to it as Metro. Is mm. that correct? Mm. Or, yeah. Uh, no, or or even, I even think even, even with um, Windows Phone, oh, you yeah. know, they yeah. had a, a, you know, I saw some, uh, a, a PDF of a book that the they had, um, put yep. together around uh, Metro. Yep. So... Yeah, it's a it's a bit of an odd one, but I, you know, again, I guess it uh, it highlights that you know even even the big players in the industry can uh, can make can make slip ups and uh, and get their eye off off the ball in one area or uh, or or another. So um, so yeah, it's I now going to be a mouthful. It's going to be the Windows Eight style UI. Well, is that is that what we're currently hearing? That's what it? we're currently calling it. Apparently, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, or um, you know, like. Uh, Prince had uh, what was his name? The uh, Taff Cap, the artist formerly known as Prince. Uh, <laughs> we call it the design language formerly mm. known as Metro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> now, uh, now the other the other bit um, this week that I that I saw announced actually, uh, Geekzone gave this some uh, some co- some coverage as well. Um, is that Logitech are releasing a little. Um, Skype unit to go on top of any TV, so you don't, ha- you know, no longer have to have a smart TV uh, to be able to do Skype in uh, in the lounge. Yeah, this looks like a great consumer do- device, really, doesn't it? It's well, it was. I think they're talking about a price of around two hundred US dollars. So what yeah. that lands at in the New Zealand market, I mean, it may end up being four hundred by the time it, you know, gets here, uh, yeah. tax and and so on, because those US prices always exclude tax and. Uh, being a bigger market and whatever all the other excuses are and so on, <laughs> um, you know the prices are always a lot lower there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at four hundred dollars for a unit that has all the smarts in it, just hooks into any TV, yep. can use wireless, or you can plug in a network cable yep. um, to do Skype. Um, that that actually seems you know pretty uh, pretty useful. I mean, certainly compared to traditional sort of video conferencing yep. uh, type systems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how widespread Skype is. Who yeah. who do you guys think would uh, would use this? Where's it going to be? Popular? I think it makes sense for like family members who aren't so tech orientated. Like you could go go to their place, get it set up, and say, "Hey, this yep. is how you use it. It's just a remote, and you can and look. I'm on the video. I'm on the TV. We can talk." Yeah. Yep. Something. Yeah. Something easy, plug and play like that. When I first looked at it, I, I saw it as a family sort of consumer device as well, um, personally. But now that you've kind of mentioned it, I start to think it could be useful in, in a business environment as well. Like, yeah. um, very easily just sort of, you know, plug and play in, in your office and you're away. Like. The plug and play concept, I think, is, is what's attractive about it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and definitely. I think a lot of businesses have looked at smart TVs as well as a way for, you know, to bring video conferencing in. Uh, one of the challenges I see around this is that the uh, there are limitations with the Skype capabilities. You get much like there are with the the mobile version of Skype. So you know businesses in a lot of cases need to do screen sharing yeah. and uh, yeah. you know multi party calling and so on. 
And my impression of this one so far is it's similar to what's on, on the mobile devices and smart TVs, which is usually just one, you know, yeah, one, one person to one, to one person yeah. calling. Um, so there are some limitations there. Um, the other thing that interests me is how quickly Microsoft will come to market with uh, Skype on the Xbox, Xbox platform. Yeah, that's right. Um, because I think, I mean, this looks attractive and, as you say, really easy just to get plugged in and get <laughs> up and running, which I think will be its, 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 it's big benefit. Feature, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, we're now getting used to these devices that do all sorts of things. And the Xbox, which was once a gaming platform, is now becoming this entertainment platform. Yeah. Uh, once we see Skype on it, you know, it becomes a communications platform. Uh, but you know all of this, I guess, plays into Microsoft's hands, and they don't mind who you know if, if lots and lots of vendors come on board yeah. and release you know Skype type uh, helping bring it to market abilities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it does look like a Connect, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, okay. Here, here's another question: What's what's your opinion on now? We've got this as a as a certified sort of Skype device. It's designed just to run Skype, uh, and there there's a lot of that around at the moment in the smart TVs. Are we going to see a change uh, where, like with smart TVs that offer all sorts of features, um, and and our mobile uh, devices that can run Skype, uh, they can you know they can uh, use other other um, video services. Are we likely to see this talking uh, to an Apple and Google and, and and other types of systems in the future, or will this just be limited to a Skype only device? Well, I guess it's branded Skype at the moment, but you know, other vendors could come out with something that's multi-platform easily enough. There's open systems to do that, so why not? Yeah, I see very similar to the way Sam sees it there. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it just seems like everybody's jumping on the Skype bandwagon. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we've we've seen um, Apple with um, FaceTime with FaceTime. And the yeah, Google Hangouts and it, yeah, and Google Hangouts. But these have been, you know, have been reasonably limited actually in where you can use them. You've yeah, got yeah. to, you know, for instance, with most of the Apple things, you've got to be in a full Apple ecosystem mm -hmm. to use yep. them. And you know, it looks like, um, you know, in this case, uh, you know, Microsoft uh, are. Um, and and I mean well well Skype, um, but you know obviously that flows onto Microsoft with them being owned by Microsoft mm -hmm. now, uh, are positioning themselves well with these sorts of deals that they've set up. Yeah, and they're leveraging the the fact that it's cross platform and you can use it anywhere, and that's that's a huge thing for them in terms of penetration within the market. Do you think that will change in the future? Do you think they'll pull back on 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 Skype once they've got uh, you know more and more market share, and they'll limit it to just Microsoft type devices. I don't see why they would. To I've be you never really see Microsoft make that kind of move with any of their products. So they're going more open rather yeah. than closed, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, yeah, it's interesting because the old Microsoft wasn't like that. No, but, no. Um, yeah. That seems to be the the direction that they're going. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. All right. Uh, well, that's probably just about us for uh, for this week. Uh, just having a little look here, see if uh, see if I've missed anything uh, major off the agenda. Oh, there is one. There's there a little is thing. One little thing um, that I can see there. Sort of. There's one of our listeners listening in who's probably going to be quite pleased to hear this. There's going to be a whole lot more that are really unhappy about what I'm about to say. <laughs> Um, so, so I, I do apologise to all those all those listeners who are going to be upset. 
Um, look, over the over the past couple of weeks, uh, last week we, we, we were having a good chat about uh, Nokia's uh, new Lumia 610 phone that uh, Vodafone have uh, have launched. Uh, in fact, we've got it uh, got it kicking around here somewhere. Let's have a look. All right, it's just nice to have it in my hand while we while we're chatting about it. Um, <laughs> um, have you guys had a look at this at all? Not I'll, yet. Um, I'll, I'll pass it around. I've just uh, reset it because I've been using it for a few days, so a little bit uh, uh, wipe my data. The perks um, of the job, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it's definitely very comfortable. Like it, it's got a nice feel to it yeah, as a phone, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Lumia Six Ten. Um, thanks to everyone that entered our little uh, little contest. Uh, for the Lumia 610, and uh, yeah, sorry uh, to disappoint if um, if your name wasn't picked, but we did a little bit of a um, a random uh, number guessing game earlier, and um, um, I think it was Shane that picked the number, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, very scientific about it. Yeah, yeah, yep. and uh, and the winner came back as uh, as Mark Bennett. So um, so Mark, please drop us an email. Um, and uh, if you do that within the next week, uh, then you'll get the Lumia 610. Um, if you don't, then um, we might well be uh, be re- redrawing it next week. So, so I hope you are listening in this week. Uh, um, I don't think we've ever had not been able to give something away because someone hasn't uh, listened in. Usually, <laughs> um, usually people catch most of the episodes. So that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so congratulations to uh, to Mark on uh, on winning the uh, the Lumia 610 from uh, from Nokia New Zealand. So uh, congratulations! It's a nice yeah. phone. So thanks to uh, Nokia NZ. Um, there's a bit more info there um, up on the Windows Phone NZ site as well. Uh, people just want a little, little bit more uh, detail about that one. Um, and yeah, it's it's good to see that we're now seeing a really broad uh, spectrum of smartphones released into the New Zealand market. Um, you know, there was a while there where we were pretty limited, pretty limited but we're now seeing all of the best phones. Uh, you know, generally getting through to New Zealand and and um, you know, not not too not too late compared to other markets. Uh, and things like the Galaxy S3, of course. Uh, which which you know landed here virtually at the same time, same time yeah. um, as it, as it hit Europe you know within uh, two or three days I think uh, and and well ahead of the US so um, that's you know, what we like to see we're getting yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a jump on some of the markets so it's uh, it, it's kind of cool now um, what are your phone preferences here guys um, personally I use an iPhone um, and I, I I really like it. Um, at, at the moment, I've got I've still got a three GS, but it's still treating me very well. Yeah, <laughs> still treating yeah. me very well. Yeah, um, yeah, I have been looking to make the jump to an S three recently, um, but I'll I'll see how things go over the next couple of months. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of locked into the Apple ecosystem, so kind of got the triple threat going on, yeah. and it's yeah, it's well, treating I can me see well. With, <laughs> with, with the iPad uh, sitting on your lap as well. How secure is your iCloud? <laughs> I'll have to check that. Hold on, I'll just remote remote wipe all your data. (laughs) Oh, Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been connected through the Wi-Fi here, and I've been sniffing in on those packets, and (laughs) uh, I've got all your your details. Um, And now, um, Shane, you've you've got a Chromebook there. Now, um, we don't see too many of these around. Um, Tell us a little bit about it, because I think this is of of interest um, to the audience, this whole sort of move. Uh, towards cloud-based computing, yeah. and the Chromebook is sort of really at the at the uh, the extreme end of of that. Um, yeah. Was a the the bleeding Chrome, edge side of it, Chrome yeah. OS. So, yeah. um, just tell us a little bit about how that works. Um, it was a it was so the Chromebook was a really nice gift from, from Google that I, I got given. Um, it's it is really interesting. Um, the the Chrome OS 
I'm on the uh, sort of like developers channel of it now, and there's just some amazing stuff coming through on it. Like, I, I would recommend it to some people, like if you know, it is if cloud computing is of an interest to you. The fact that the battery life is around sort of nine hours off one charge and a two-second boot time um, mm. from from sleep is just something I'm I'm getting like more and more used to now. Um, like jumping back over to my Windows laptop, you know, I just I, I don't even want to wait for <laughs> it to boot up. Essentially, um, so I have been using it a lot more. Is that from a cold boot? Uh, it's probably about eight seconds from cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, but you need, never really have to switch it off because it's got sort of a sixteen gig SSD in it. Um, but it's great. It's tied into all the, all the Google, Google services so easily. Um, I use Drive for everything. So um, it's basically it's basically a, a browser, isn't it? It's basically a browser. Yeah. So yep. you you boot into a browser and you're yep. doing really everything that you do through a browser. Exactly. Yep. So I guess there's some pluses and minuses to that. You know, yep. one with all the cloud services that can be used through a browser, you're a, you're away, but yep. if you want to run full-blown uh, apps that are non-browser-based yeah. or you want to run, you know, that, that Windows app or yep. Mac app that you've traditionally run, um, stuck. You, you've yeah. got some limitations yeah. for now, right? The, the sort of one main uh, limit that I encountered was um, during the semester at uni, not being able to write Java programs and compile and having that sort of developer environment, which is um, something I'd, I'd love to see come into the cloud computing space. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess all of these things are going to come in over time, right? Yeah. We're seeing different approaches from Apple, Google, and Microsoft, but they're all working really, really hard to, um, you know, to make really good and smart use of, you know, of the cloud or online, you know, online storage. You log into one computer and settings and, mm -hmm. you know, files and other things just sort of follow you They're wherever you log in, right? Yeah. Um, this stuff's getting really cool. And, um, you know, I think that the uh, that the Chromebook is, that, is, you know, although it's not something that has been, you know, broadly adopted mm. at this stage, um, it still has that sort of, comp that impact of, uh, of competition on the other players. So... Um, you know, Google's really broken some ground here, yeah. uh, and you know, I think part of part of what we see uh, coming from the other players is because they're all watching each other, and mm. and they don't they don't want uh, anyone else to get too much of a jump on them. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm all for these these new innovations, and mm. uh, yeah, it's it's good to see what uh, what Google are doing in the space. And you know, I think we've you know obviously just had. Um, uh, mountain Lion uh, released by by Apple, which you know ties in again more into the cloud, yeah. uh, and uh, and when Windows 8, um, I don't think we mentioned it, uh, was released to manufacturing last week. So one little one so little bit, milestone, uh, yeah, <laughs> little bit of news there. So uh, businesses will actually be able to get their hands on it uh, this time next, next week. Uh, next week, so uh, it's going to yeah basically start uh, start becoming available for uh, for businesses. The sort of full retail availability and um, and you know new hardware is the end of October, uh, but quite nice for um, for business users who are able to uh, actually jump in and get it very very quickly. Um, so yeah, be looking looking forward to uh, having having a good look at the actual final final uh, UI final, UI, final yeah. version yeah. yeah now um Sam are you using a MacBook as well or are you I am indeed yep and so have you jumped into mountain line I have yet? I have and what's your experience of it been um, what were you on previously were you on I was Lion? on I was on Lion yep. um I find it a bit faster Mm. Um, but I've noticed the battery life isn't as great. So yeah, there's um, been a bit of feedback yeah, around, so around that, which is strange because it's been in testing for quite a while. Yeah. That, that would be something that they wouldn't nail before release, right? They've been through like four betas or something. Yeah, but um, yeah, hoping for a for a point one upgrade. So bit of can, a bit of an improvement. Yeah, yeah. we tend to get those from Apple reasonably yeah. quickly. There'll be an update or two come out, whether it's iPad or 
um, you know, iOS, iOS or, yeah. or, or, uh, or iOS X, they tend to be, you know, reasonably quick with getting yeah, those yeah, updates exactly. out. So, so, uh, so here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, well, uh, that, that's us for this week on, uh, on the NZ Tech Podcast. Now, uh, guys, where do, we, uh, where do we track you down online? Are you on Twitter or what's, what's the best way to, uh, to find you? Yeah, um, the best way, I'm, I'm sort of new to Twitter, but um, yeah, you can get me on Twitter uh, at Shane, oh, S O'Connell, NZ. Okay, yep. cool. Um, at Sam Hogg is mine. Um, just quickly, we've got the code for... Oh, yep, the promo yeah. code for listeners. Oh, yeah, so yep. this is uh, anyone that wants to come along to uh, Gamer Codes, which is next Thursday the 16th. That's the one, yep. Yep. So if you head to um, our website or Eventbrite, um, our website is uh, gameofcodes.co. Click the spectate button, which will take you down to, and you can head over to Eventbrite. Once you're there, uh, enter the promotional code Podcast, one word, all lowercase, and that'll give you 50% off tickets, so... Sweet, yeah. that's pretty cool. So, how much? Uh, how much are the tickets normally? Uh, the tickets for students are only five dollars. Okay. Um, and the non-student tickets are ten dollars. Yeah. Cool. So cool. half price is pretty good for that. Very, yeah. So yeah. Very good. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Really, really appreciate that. Yeah, great. And you can also get us at um, the team at gameofcodes.co, and we're here to talk. So, feel free to contact us. Cool. And uh, and dot co. What's that? That's uh, that's the Colombian domain. Name, isn't <laughs> it? Is there some other business you guys have got running here? Yeah, or, uh, no, not that we can talk about on here. <laughs> but no. Students running on the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be different. No, I'm, I'm curious. So when you did you um, did you look around the different domain names and that were you know that one was uh, was it cheaper? The variety of a you know how does yeah. it compare to say a dot com for instance well when we started the project there was a dot com available yeah and then not long after that was parked so, oh. so we, uh, we went with the old dot co we, um, we probably should have yeah. snapped up yeah. the dot com but yeah yeah, yeah those, those things tend to happen right Le- yeah. lessons learned lessons along learned. the way exactly. that's right yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah 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 okay yeah. cool cool, cool. Um, great. Well, if anyone um, wants to track me down, I'm online as well. Uh, Twitter is at Paul Spain. Uh, you can also get me. Um, I blog on uh, on Geekzone, uh, and you can find that one at TechJungle.com. Uh, if you want to jump to it directly, um, and also PaulSpain.com. Um, and for uh, for uh, podcast updates, uh, you can follow NZ Tech Podcast. Uh, we do love to be liked uh, on facebook.com slash NZ Tech Podcast uh, and uh, nztechpodcast.com. Uh, so that's us for this week. We will uh, we'll be back again uh, next week with a whole lot more uh, news and discussions. So thanks, everyone, for listening in. Great. Thanks Cheers. for having us. Yep. Thanks for joining Cheers, us. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Bye. Bye.